Go with me to a scripture we've looked at the last couple of weeks. John the 14th chapter and Philippians the 4th chapter. John 14 and then we'll be going over to Philippians 4. Jesus said, John 14, 1. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Are these instructions from the head of the church, direction from the head of the church? Did he tell us something not to do? What did he say? Don't let your heart be troubled. Now you could hear that and do nothing with it. Or you could hear it and when you're tempted to be troubled, you could act on this and say, no. I'm not yielding to this. I'm not going to be troubled. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to let this do this to me. Skip on down to the uh, the 26th verse. He said, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I've said to you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How can I keep from being troubled and afraid? He gave us his peace. His peace can occupy the place in our heart and mind that the fear and trouble would have occupied. He doesn't just tell us don't be troubled and didn't give us an ability to keep that word. He gave us the wherewithal not to be upset, not to be scared, not to be, how can I, how can I do it in this world full of trouble? With his peace, you can have peace and be full of peace. Even though there is trouble and chaos and problems all round about you, inside you can have his peace. Go with me to Philippians, please. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Actually, let's start at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. But now you know it's hard to be depressed. And upset and scared if you're rejoicing all the time. <laughs> right? If you're rejoicing in the Lord all the time, when are you depressed? <laughs> when are you scared? When are you upset? Well, all this goes together. Verse 5, let your moderation. Now there's all kind of sermons been preached on that one word. But actually, that's a King James word. The Greek word means forbearance, considerateness, reasonableness. Uh, one, one says, let your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Keep going. Be careful for what? Nothing. Well, if I'm rejoicing all the time, and this, this word careful means 
anxiety, anxious, being anxious. If I'm anxious for nothing and I'm rejoicing all the time, when is my heart troubled? When am I scared? When am I depressed? Fear is a contraband for the believer. We shouldn't be caught with any. Depression is something believers are not supposed to have. Period. Panic attacks. We're not supposed to have. Ever. (laughs) It's getting quiet in here. Now, granted, it'd be hard to find anybody in here that's never yielded to worry or never yielded to fear. But the question is, did you have to? Did you have to? And that's where we come right up against the Word of God. When you start talking about some of these things, there's a whole lot of people will say, well, I I can't help it. I tried to be strong and and not worry and get upset, but if this happened to you, you'd get upset too. (laughs) So what are they saying? They're saying there are situations where it's just too much. You will not be able to not be troubled. You won't have the ability to not fear. This is ignoring the words of Jesus. Isn't it? We've got to decide what we believe now. Are your beliefs based on other people's ideas and opinions and past experiences? If they are, you'll be unstable and you'll be defeated. Oh, but is there victory in believing the Word of God? Taking a stand on no matter how many panic attacks you've had in the past, no matter how many times you got upset and lost it and, and stayed depressed for three days, or no matter how many times that's happened, is it possible? Yes, is God big enough? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit great enough yes. that He could bring you to a place in obeying Him that you live a different life? Yes. Yes, sir. And you go day after day and week after week and are not even upset. The thing we've got to get a hold of is this is not determined by external conditions. There's always going to be something that you could be upset about. Every one of us. Every day, every week, there's going to be something that if you yield to it, you can get mad about You can get hurt about, you can get scared about, you can be troubled about, and it's the enemy's plan to keep you and I upset about something all the time. As soon as you kind of get a handle on this, boom, something else happens over here. The Bible said we're not ignorant of his devices, but if you ignore the word and don't walk closely with him, then he'll just be manipulating you manipulating you. If this don't work, he'll have this happen. If, if people talking about you this way don't bother you, he'll have them talk about your kids. And if you brace and go, now hold on, hold on. Now you talk about me all you want to, but you don't talk about my baby. You just told all the demons around you exactly what to do. Now everybody in the county is going to be talking about your kids just to agitate you. 
to learn how to take a punch without falling over and crying. Now that's not just my idea. I'm referring to a scripture. We're going we're gonna to look at it here in just a little bit. Be careful for nothing. Young's literal says, for nothing be anxious. The Amplified says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is that possible? Well, it's the Bible. It is the Bible. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, pay attention to that phrase. What's he trying to do all the time with everybody? Steal, kill, and destroy. But there are some he may not. Elsewise, this wouldn't be worded that way. Who's he looking for? The ones that he can that he may devour. That means there's some he comes across that it just doesn't work on. And at some point, he just has to, you know, take a break and go try to find somebody else that'll yield to it. Because this is getting no traction with them. We never, ever, ever have to yield to the enemy. We don't have to yield to fear. We don't have to yield to worry and anxiety. We don't have to yield to depression. Come on, somebody said out loud, I never have to yield to anger, depression, frustration, anxiety. I never have to yield to these things. What does that mean? It means it's possible to resist them. Every time they come. And if you do that. Then you begin to live the life. Jesus is talking about. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Be careful for nothing. Sound like a good life? Oh yeah. Sure beats being upset all the time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We saw last week that uh, Paul, who's the one that God used to pen those words in Philippians, be careful for nothing, that he experienced cares coming on him. And God told him, obviously, be careful for nothing. That didn't mean the cares didn't come. There's no such thing as living in this world and not having any kind of cares or worries or anxiety try to come on you. It's going to come. But then it's up to us how we respond to it and what we do with it. Like we'd mentioned uh, uh, last week, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. said this oftentimes. He said, "Uh, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head, but you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. You can't prevent feelings, thoughts, suggestions, temptations from coming to you from the outside. 
but you don't have to receive them. What Jesus say repeatedly, we saw last week, take no thought. Take no thought. Take no thought. Don't take any anxious, worried thought about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear, how we're going to pay the bills, where we're going to live, what about the kids. Now, how many Christians are just totally ignoring what Jesus said about this? They're just totally ignoring it. But it's just making life harder for them. One of the reasons the Lord tells us repeatedly, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, is because we are not built to handle it. Worry will break you down. It will make you sick. It will age you prematurely. We literally can't handle it. That's the truth. And one of the reasons many, their healing has not come. Is because they've not obeyed the word not to worry. Just ignoring the word while trying to receive healing. Cancels it out. Prevents one from receiving. Hmm. Hallelujah. Well is that true? Is that true? I hadn't even thought about that. If you're saying. Oh, I believe I receive healing. I believe I receive healing. And then worry all day and all night. It's not going to work. I said it's not going to work. You know, we just ought to obey the Bible. What do you think? How many think it's just just a good idea? (laughs) Besides that, it'll help you too. To just obey the Bible. If we want to be healed, if we want to be sound, we've got to stop yielding to worry and fear. We've got to stop staying upset about something all the time. And why would the Lord be talking to us about it? Because he wants to help us. He is helping us. Is that right? How many believe this word is coming into you? You're not just learning things about this. There's anointing on this word coming into you to enable you and empower you to do it. Faith comes by hearing. The more you, I can tell already, there's more faith in this room there's more faith, I'm sure, in Sarasota, more faith in everybody watching online than there was two weeks ago. More faith not to worry, not to be upset, not to be troubled. Just imagine we stay with this another few weeks. <laughs> you may have been very developed in worrying. You may, have, you may be a fourth generation master worrier but it's time to break the chain don't pass that on to your kids and grandkids break the chain show them how to rest in the Lord your God how to abide in the peace that passes understanding and live that way not just once in a while but every day of your life Now, Paul said this, and we'll talk some more about it. He said, concerning the churches, he talked about all the things he had experienced, perils and troubles and 
issues. And Second Chronicles, excuse me, Corinthians eleven twenty eight. He said, beside all those things that are without, everybody say without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Now he's distinguishing things that are without, contrasted to things that are within. And you see some uh, translations that really mess up this verse. They're not translations, they're paraphrases. Paul didn't say he was anxious every day. He didn't say he worried every day. He's the same one that wrote, be careful for nothing. Right? What did he say? He said, these cares come on me, which is not the same as in me. Peter talks about what do you do with them? What do you do with these cares? Cast them. Casting, which means throwing, getting it off of you, mm-hmm. yes. onto him. Yes. Listen to another translation of this. The ASV says, beside those things that are without, there is that which presses upon me daily. Anxiety for all the churches care, anxiety. What did it do? It came and pushed on him. Now the word affliction, the word oppression, what if you take OP off of oppression, what do you got? Pression. And these words describe pressure. That which is crowding you, that which is trying to squeeze you, that which is pushing on you. This is real. Spiritual pressure is so real and can be so great if you don't know what to do with it. Many have killed themselves to get out of it. The pressure they felt was so tormenting and so vexing, they just wanted to get out of it. And it's so sad because as a believer, no matter how much pressure he tries to bring against you, you can have none of it on the inside of you. It's possible that it's not even troubling you if you know what to do with it. But millions don't. Even millions of church people, church, good church going people, believers, don't know what to do when pressure comes. Now pressure is going to come. So don't prophesy that over me. You best get ready, brother. You live in a curse-filled, devil-filled, dark-filled world. And the God of this world is doing his best to steal kill and destroy. He is going about seeking whom he may devour. And you can't change all that. You you can't control everything that happens round about you. No matter where you go. Many people's solution, they think, I got to get out of this pressure. I got to get out of this pressure. I got to quit my job. I got to quit my spouse. I got to get away from these crazy kids. 
I can't help it to church no more. It's pressure. Dealing with these people is pressure, pressure, pressure. Well, where are you going to go? You can go to a deserted island. And then you have pressure because it's a deserted island. Because you're all alone. So far away from everything. Everybody. There is no place on the planet. There is no occupation. There is no group of people. There is no city or state or uh, set of circumstances that you'll be able to find that you can breathe a sigh of relief and hallelujah, finally, there's no pressure. You can sit at your house, retired, not see a soul, not do a thing for three months and be pressured out of your head. Just sitting there worrying about not doing anything. (laughs) Worrying about what might happen that would prevent you from being able to sit around and do nothing like you want to do. And all you got to do if you run short on material is just turn the TV on. And they will show you reason after reason to be scared and upset and pressured. And you can sit there and worry and go, what are we going to do? And I just don't know. And It's not getting away from everybody and everything that's going to get the pressure off of you. It's not the pressure that comes against you that hurts you. It's only the pressure you let inside. And any of that, you're the one at fault because you let it in. Just because it came against Paul, the cares of all the churches. We talked about that last week. He's got the church at Corinth. He's got the church at Ephesus. He's got the church at Philippi. He's got the church at Galatia. He's got all these churches. And if we'd have been there and went to these churches and and saw Paul and talked to him, we'd get a quick revelation. It's a whole lot like it is now. People are people. Did he have any issues to deal with? Oh, man. He had all kinds of stuff that was going on. And he was concerned about people being misled, about people being confused, about people not receiving what they needed and their needs being met. This would come against him daily to worry about, to be anxious about. But obviously the Lord told him what to do with it and be careful for none of it. To pray about it, cast the care of it over on the Lord. Get in faith and start giving thanks and keep his mind on what the Lord told him and not all all the yang yang stuff that everybody's hollering about and talking about. Now this requires more discipline than a lot of folks have been willing to do. But we got to control our minds. When something comes to you, now you know, we've got now uh, the two churches and and the multiple arms of ministry and the things that are going on. And, and you know as well as me that Phyllis and I could be upset about something every day. Yeah. Or overly concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. I mean you can call it different names but it works out to be the same stuff. We could feel pressured. I feel for ministers 
who haven't learned this. And I'm not claiming I've learned it perfectly. I'm, one reason I'm enjoying preaching on this is I'm, I'm preaching to myself. Amen. I'm growing in this. I'm, I'm going to grow. Yeah. I'm going to develop. How about you? Yes, sir. But I talk to ministers on a regular basis. They feel pressured. Oh, we got to change. We got to keep up with the times. Oh, the attendance was down a little bit last week. What if it don't come back up? What about the money? What about this? And so and so, we know we prayed for them, but they hadn't been getting better. So and so, their their kids have been acting crazy, and man, they're just getting worse. I don't know what we're going to do. And people have thought being a good minister and proving you care means you go around like this all the time. (sighs) Oh, God. Lord, help them. Well, I don't know what we're going to do if, if, if. Now, now people think that's noble. They think that's a sign of somebody that really cares. It's a sign of somebody who's not doing what Jesus told them to do. Yeah. Preacher or somebody that got saved last week. We need to, to begin to discipline our mind. When we hear something, this happened. Okay. The only thing I need to know. What does the Lord say about that? Well, somebody died. Somebody may die. Sure, you're going to get upset about that. Honey, in a few more days, we're all going to be out of here. Death is part of life. I'm not supposed to be afraid of dying. What about this? What about that? What about the other? i got to make a decision as soon as that hits me. Because some things will hit you and they will startle you. And you care about the people and you will be pulled. And man, you better get a hold of yourself right then. Because if you're going to make any difference, faith is what changes things, not fear. Am I going to open the door wide for the devil to come in and to destroy? Am I going to label myself as one of those he may devour? Or am I going to get a hold of myself and remind myself, Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. No, I am not yielding to this. And the enemy run up against a a wall and realize he can't get me to talk fear and unbelief. He can't get me to fall apart and and, and fall in the floor and say uh, everything's going down. We're all going to be destroyed. Nothing's going to work. I like what Paul said. Spirit of God through him. None of these things move me. (laughs) Now it happened. It was going on. It came against him from the outside, but it didn't move him on the inside. Oh, can you see that? It didn't move him inside. Oh, somebody said, I refuse to worry. I refuse to fear. I refuse to stay upset. I refuse to be upset. Glory to God. We're making progress. Now, uh, go with me to Luke, the 21st chapter. Paul described, in fact, I, I will read another verse to you while you're turning there. We can do it at the same time. You're going to Luke 21. I'm going to read to you some more from 2 Corinthians. If you're, if you're interested in this and want to pursue it on your own, the epistle of 2 Corinthians is full of this. You'll find it multiple places throughout this letter. 
of Paul describing pressure and how to deal with it. In uh, 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, he talked about how God comforted him. And in verse 8, he said, We would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble that came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Did the pressure come on him? Came on him in such a degree that he thought if it was just up to him to handle it, he'd die. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. He decided, I mean, this is a perfect description of casting the care off of you. Deciding, I can't fix this, so I'm not going to hold on to this like I can. I'm going to give it to God. I'm not trusting that I can do anything about this. I'm trusting in God who raises the dead. If he can raise the dead, he can get our bills paid. If he can raise the dead, he can help us with these kids and grandkids. Is that right? If he can raise the dead, and the Bible said he delivered us from so great a death and does deliver in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Paul, by the Spirit of God, in the midst of a situation where he was pressed to the point of death, got it off of himself, quit depending on himself to do it, trusted in God, and God brought him through, delivered him. How do you deal with this pressure? Well, in, in Luke there, Luke 21, you see the enemies, why the enemy does this. The scripture says, with the heart, man believes. And Proverbs said, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. Not just talking about your physical blood pump, but talking about the core of your being. The spiritual part of you. The hidden man of the heart. Where's the life coming that keeps your heart beating and, and your lungs working. And where, where's it coming from? People will say, some, some folks will try to tell us, well, there's regions in the brain where these impulses come. Fine, fine. Where does it come from to get to there? They can't tell you. It can't be seen under a microscope. It's life. They'd call it the mystery of life. But the reason life is flowing to these parts of our body along our nerves, in our brain, is because we're a living spirit. Hallelujah. When the spirit leaves the body, all that life flow is gone. So the body can't continue. But out of our heart flows the issues of life. So the enemy wants to attack not just your mind and your body, he wants to attack your heart and choke off the flow of life. And as we studied last week, care, anxious care and worry has the ability to choke the Word of God in your heart and life. Worrying is not an innocent thing. Worry is not a non-issue, no deal. It's a very big deal. It hurts you. 
It chokes you. Read this. Take heed to yourselves in, in Luke 21, 34. Lest at any time your hearts be what? Overcharged. The Young's literal says, lest your hearts may be weighed down with surfeiting, drunkenness, anxieties of life. What does it do to your heart? It weighs down. Well, what does weight do if it's on you? It pushes. It presses. Weighs you down. Amplified says, take heed to yourselves. Be on your guard, lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with giddiness, headache, nausea of self-indulgence, drunkenness, worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. All of this is us allowing pressure to choke us, to squeeze us. And people think it's unavoidable. If it's happening around about you, how can you get out of it? Wrong. I said wrong. Just because it's on the outside doesn't mean you have to let it on the inside. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to be full of worry. I don't have to be full of care. I don't have to be upset. Now you're going to have to make a quality decision. Because you're going to have all kind of opportunities to get upset. And to worry. But you're just going to have to keep passing them. Say no I'll pass. Get upset. No I'll pass. And here's the thing. You've got to get ready for this. Including your loved ones, including your bestest friends. If people are under pressure themselves, they will try to pressure you. And even get upset when you don't get just as upset as they are because you just, you don't care. I'm so upset, I'm so upset. If you care about me, you'll get upset with me. Nope, I'll pass. Doesn't mean I don't care about you. I care enough about you to want to do something that actually helps the situation. That means I gots to stay in faith. (laughs) Right? I've got to enter into that rest and trust. Come on, can you see this? Because that's how God is moves in the earth. Is in connection with our faith. And me getting upset with you or anybody else. Is not going to help. In fact it can make it worse. And if I let that care and anxiety. And fear and worry in me. It's going to sit on me. It's going to sit on my heart like an elephant. It's going to squeeze. And choke the word. Out of my heart. No thanks. I'll pass. How about you? Second Corinthians 4. <laughs> We're believing God together, right? We're believing God. Nobody's judging anybody. Nobody's finding fault. We've all made mistakes in these areas. But I'm convinced you don't have to live that way. I'm convinced. No matter what happens, 
you can still have the peace of God that passes understanding on the inside of you. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and verse 8. He said, we are troubled on every side. Now this is Paul, is Paul a man of faith? Now see, some folks that don't understand it, they'd have wrote him back and said, uh, now Paul, don't make that bad confession. <laughs> yeah, where'd you learn about faith from? This is faith. The faith is the rest of the sentence. Faith is not denying that there are issues. Faith is what we believe anyhow. In the face of these circumstances. We're troubled on every side yet. Not distressed. Oh, somebody help me preach this now. The word troubled literally means to crowd, to squeeze. The RV says we're pressed on every side. But we're not distressed. And the Greek literally means cramped. Pressed, but not cramped. Pressed, but not squeezed. It's pushing on me, but it's not squeezing me on the inside. (laughs) It's trying to push against me, trying to get me to worry, trying to get me to get mad, trying to get me to be hurt, trying to get me to be upset. But I'll pass. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. No. No, 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 no. Did you hear what they said about you? Did you hear what they did? Oh, did you know they did this? Surely going to get mad about this. I better not. I just better not. Nope. I like being healed. I'll pass. I like having all my bills paid. I'll pass. It's just a better quality of life. Being upset all the time. Gets old. Wears you down. And fewer and fewer people want to be around you. Come on now. You like being around people that are upset and fuming and half fussing and cussing all the time? You like being around that? Well, then people don't like being around you if you're being like that. You know who people like being around? Folks that are happy. All the time. All the time happy. That's a witness. That's a witness to the other believers, other members of your family. Hey, will there be opportunities to be upset? Oh, don't sit there and look so sanctified. Come on now. Act like you've never been to a dinner or to a family gathering. Will there be opportunities to get your little feelings hurt, to get... To get rubbed the wrong way, to get agitated, to get slightly upset. Now, I'm not going to say anything, but you know, that's just, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have said that. And so you sit over there with your fake, phony smile for the next two hours, rest of the day. And as well as you might do it, folks back in the kitchen are going, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him, do you know? Well, they're being unchristian. <laughs> what we get upset about and how upset we get reveals a lot about us. If you get upset over any little thing, you're a baby. Baby, baby Christian. 
Don't care how much you talk in tongues, how many scriptures you quote, you're a baby. Have not developed, have not matured. Oh, but friend, when big stuff happens that shakes everybody around you, and you felt it, and you thought, boy, you feel so pulled to get mad or yell or do something, and you go, I'll pass. Somebody needs to believe God around here. Is that right? What we need to do is trust God. And now is not time to lose it. Somebody, And if people all around you are losing it. And you abide in the peace that passes understanding. They will not soon forget it. And even if they call themselves agnostic, atheist, whatever. They will remember it. When they go back home. It will make a lasting impression on them. They didn't even know it was possible to act like that and be like that. That no matter what they say and do, you still have your peace, you still have your joy, you still walk in love, you still walk in faith. How many would agree this is a powerful witness of a real Jesus? Isn't it? Keep reading. 2 Corinthians 4.8. Paul said, we're troubled, that means pressed, on every side, yet not distressed, yet not cramped. We're perplexed, that literally means to be at a loss, but not in despair, not despondent. Now here's something we've got to get a revelation of. Just because you don't know what's going on, just because you don't know the answer, just because you don't know how to deal with it, is no justification for being upset and mad and frustrated. Well, if I knew, I could relax. You can relax without knowing. Well, if I just knew what to do, then I could relax. No, there'll be something else to get upset about. But after that, you got to learn how to relax before you know. Before you know why. Before you know how. Got to learn how to relax. Years ago, one of the first... uh, ministry trips in the states I went on this has been decades ago I had uh, I had prayed and studied the night before but just couldn't seem to get a handle on what I was supposed to speak and uh, I'm young and it was bothering me some so I thought well you know I don't need it right now so uh, then the day came and then I'm on the plane commercial airliner and I'm sitting in the seat and we're flying and, and I'm supposed to speak that night. And it's, it's the late in the day. I'm going to be there in a couple hours. They're going to take me to the church and I'm going to speak. And I don't know. And it was beginning to bug me. I was beginning to get agitated. <laughs> a little uneasy. More than that. And I finally, under my breath, I said, Lord, you know, any time would be good. And this is what he said. He said, do you trust me? I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside me. Do you trust me? Anybody know the correct answer to that? (laughs) I I said, yes, yes. He said, well, relax. Oh, did you hear that phrase now? Do you trust me? Well, relax. If you're not relaxing, what does that mean? You don't trust him. He might not 
I might not come through. I might not get it in time. We might not have the money in time. Might not. This is why folks can't rest. Simply lack of faith. Lack of trust. I sit there and I realize, okay, now it's either or. So I said, okay, fine. I'll relax. So I ordered me a ginger ale. Just looked out the window. I'm not saying it was easy because it was pressing against me. It was pushing against me. Two hours. One hour. 30 minutes. But what the, I got a word from the Lord. What did he say? Do you trust me? What, what's the word? Relax. Relax. What does that mean? He's going to take care of me. It's going to be all right. It's going to be fine. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but you don't have to know to relax. That's, is that what he's saying right here? Isn't that what he said? Perplexed. And I was perplexed as to what I was going to talk about. Perplexed by what? Not in despair. At a loss, but uh, not despondent. Not down over it. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, but you don't have to be upset because you don't know. You can have peace before you know. You can rest before you know. Yeah, but I got to know. I got to know. You don't got to know to have faith. You don't. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. It ain't seen yet. And if we're to live by faith and walk by faith and you can't help but be upset until you see it and know it, well, then you're going to be upset all the time. Got off the plane. They picked me up. They're taking me to the church. Took me in the back room. Gave me the microphone. Took me up on the platform. Introduced me real good. (laughs) And I'm sitting there telling myself, relax. (laughs) Just... Just the Lord said. I got a word from the Lord. What's the word? There's a lot of people there. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? And that's how the enemy is. He wants to push on you. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? What if you get up there and don't have anything to say? What if you get up there and you don't know what to do? People are going to look at you and go, what's that dummy doing? You're standing up there doing nothing. Why'd they invite him? Travel all this way to stand up there and look dumb. And just as I stepped up to the pulpit, a word of knowledge came to me. Word of wisdom came to me. Gifts of the Spirit. It was that way for the whole service. The reason he didn't give me a sermon, I didn't need a sermon. We weren't going to do a sermon that night. Now, you might say, well, well, then why didn't he tell you that you weren't going to need a sermon? He didn't tell me on purpose. He purposely didn't tell. Couldn't he just have easily have told me, you're not going to need a sermon because I'm going to give you gifts of the Spirit when he said, relax. He could have said that. Why didn't he say that? Well, you ain't God. And so you need to quit thinking you're so smarty. And listen to what he says because the problem is not you not knowing. The problem is not trusting. And that's not a head problem. That's a heart problem. A heart problem that no amount 
of information can fix. God can sit down with you with your scheduler and give you all kind of information about the next 20 years of your life and you'd still find something to worry about. Because it's a heart problem that's not fixed. Oh, but friend, when we get a hold of this and really start living by rest and faith and trust, man, you just, no matter what's going on, you refuse to worry about it. No matter what has happened or didn't happen or what you understand or what you don't understand, one thing you don't do is get upset or be anxious or fearful or full of care about it. That's what we, the answer to every situation is believe God. No matter what happens, what are we going to do? We're going to believe God. We're going to be in faith. We're going to stay in faith. We're going to stay in rest. What does that mean? It can be so simple, so basic. What are we going to believe? We're going to believe that God is going to show us what to do. He's going to come through for us. Our needs are going to be mad. This is going to turn out for our good and His glory. Somehow, some way. I don't have to know all the details. To be settled in that. Right? And I can believe that right now. Before I learn anything else. Or see anything else. Oh friend. It's possible for our scared, fearful, worried, anxious, frustrated, mad, hurt days. To be over. And embark on a whole new way of life. Do you believe it? Glory to God. He said, troubled, but not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Not deserted. Cast down, but not destroyed. One translation says, knocked down, but not knocked out. That's what I said. We've got to learn how to take a punch from the outside. Yeah, but it hit me. Yeah, but it surprised me. Yeah, but it startled me. Well, so what? That was then. This is now. Yeah, but it just caught me so off guard. Well, yeah, that don't mean you've got to live off guard the rest of your life. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, let's do something that's going to help. Let's trust God. Amen. Verse 16, for which cause we faint not, for though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. He's talking about outward and inward. Verse 17, for our light affliction that word affliction is the word that means pressure our light pressure somebody says man you've really been going through it no just light pressure the bible said it's light pressure it's all light pressure and it's just for a moment momentary light pressure with the greater one inside you can you deal with momentary light pressure It's just for a moment. But it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. My, my, my. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Go to one of your favorite scriptures. The 91st Psalm. The 91st Psalm. And get ready to shout some more. 
Man, we're making progress, saints. I can, can you sense it? I can sense it in my spirit. Breakthroughs are happening. We are going to be the least worrying church you ever saw. Glory to God. And what would that mean? That would mean we trust God. We trust God too much to worry. He said, you trust me? I said, yeah. He said, relax. How many would take that as a word from the Lord? One word, but oh, so much in it. What are you going to do about this? You trust God? Relax. Relax. He's seen it all. None of this shocked him. None of this surprised him. He's not scrambling, trying to figure out how to get it fixed for you. He had the answer before you knew you had the problem. He had to fix before you made the mistake. He's not trying to figure it out. He's not trying to find it. He just needs us to trust him. Psalm 91.1 He that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. This is a place. He's talking about a place. Secret place of the most high. The shadow. That means under, under his covering. Under his wings. As other verses go on to say in this chapter. Verse 2. Here's our part. I will say of the Lord. Now come on. Act on it right now. Say it out loud. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dwell means to live. Dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, that's not visiting. That's not visiting the secret place of the Most High. I live there. I live in the secret place of the Most High. I live under the shadow of the Almighty. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Trust is what gets you there. Trust is what keeps you there. In this place of rest in Him. Verse 9. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord. Which is my refuge. Even the most high. Your habitation. Again. That's your house where you live. Because you've done that. Come on read verse 10. Come on read verse 10. Verse 10. Because you've done that. There shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. It's the B-I-B-L-E. It is the word of God. Now the devil knows this better than most believers ever have. He knows this. So what does he want to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Devour you. So if no evil can befall you there. You see the first word there. Shall no evil befall you. Neither shall any plague come your dwelling. Why? Got to back up to the previous. Because you're dwelling in the secret place. He's your refuge. He's your fortress. 
So what's the devil got to get you to do? He's got to get you out of there. He's got to get you out of there to get to you. What puts you in there? Trust. I'll trust in him. What gets you out? Fear. Worry. Anxiety. Come on, can you see this? Which is why human beings, people of God, are so tempted and pulled to worry. It's supernatural how tempted you will be to worry and get upset. And it's because the enemy's trying to get to you. He can't get you in God. He's got to get you out of faith and out of your protection, out of your place of refuge. He's got to get you out of the fortress. Come on, can you see this? He's got to get you in fear. Why? Because your fears can come on you. These are spiritual laws. Just like your faith will come on you, your fear can come on you. Let me read some more of these. Psalm 27.5. 27.5 says, In the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he'll set me on a rock. Does that sound like a safe place? The complete Jewish Bible says, He will conceal me in his shelter on the day of trouble. He will hide me in the folds of his tent and set me high on a rock. Psalm 61, go there and read this with me. Psalm 61, 1. Somebody say, where do you live at? Whether it's Branson or Harrison or Little Rock or Springfield or Dallas or L.A. is not really the important thing. Where you live at? I live in the secret place of the Most High. I dwell in the shelter, in the covert of His wings. Hallelujah. That's the place where peace passes understanding. And keeps and guards your heart and mind. That's where I live. You don't just live out here. You live in here. That's where I live. Psalm 61.1. He said hear my cry O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. See this is the tactic of the enemy. Out of your heart are the issues of life. The devil plays what I call the pile-up technique. He tries to hit you with this. That bothers you, but you're doing okay. So he tries to hit you with this and this. And then you think, well, okay, all right, all right. And then boom, boom, boom. You're going, oh, Lord, how are we going to do all that? Now he's, he's getting you where he wants you. Come on, can you see this? And here, have you noticed people say, when it rains, it pours? Well, that's actually their spiritual principles to that. The enemy tactically waits until you're weak and then pours it on. It doesn't do much good for him to hit you with ding and dong and this little thing and that, and you're strong. But he'll wait. Till you hadn't been feeding on the word. You quit reading your chapter three, five, six months ago. 
been in one service in the last six months, been feeding on ungodly junk on TV eight hours a day for the last two years. Come on, are you listening? Junk, 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 no faith, no word, and unbeknownst to you, you're getting weaker every day, every day. And he's got a plan that boom, this hits, and then you think, oh, I don't know, what am I? Boom, 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 boom. And he wants you to open up and just despair and panic and let all that pressure come in on your heart and crush it, overwhelm it until you despair. You can despair of life. But the problem is still that you let it in. Even though it came on you, you did not have to let it in you. He said, verse 3, you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of your wings. Selah. Think about that. Is there a place you can live in, in your heart and your mind, in Him? Yes, there is. We can't control everything around us. I know we'd like to think that we can, but you can't. You can't control everything that happens around you in everybody's life. Things are going to happen. And it's going to try to pressure you. And squeeze you. You can't control. Things that people say. And do. And don't do. And the more you care about them. The stronger that pressure is going to come against you. To get upset. To get mad. To get hurt. To get scared. Oh but friend you are here in the service tonight. Don't be ignorant of the enemy's device. Realize what's going on. Realize what's going on. The enemy is trying to, what's the word? He's trying, if you haven't been, he's trying to convert you into one that can be devoured. He's trying to get you out of the safe place where he can get to you. Where the pressure can crush you. Today as I was thinking about this, uh, the thought came to me real strong about a submarine. Submarine. Right now we're experiencing atmospheric pressure of approximately 15 pounds per square inch. It's on your skin. The weight of the atmosphere. Air is not nothing. It weighs 14.7 pounds per square inch. That's what air weighs. But water weighs a whole lot more. You go down just 33 feet in the water and the pressure on you has doubled. Doubled. You keep going and it increases another atmosphere again at 33 feet. And you get down hundreds of feet. There'd be hundreds of pounds per square inch and it would squish you, crush you, But there's a way. 
to go down deep and to be in the midst of untold pressure and to sit there and have a coffee. (laughs) Just like it ain't no thing. Inside a submarine. Inside the submarine. Why? Because a submarine is built to take the pressure and handle all of that crushing force. For years and years, you know, high strength alloyed steel, and steel, that's the main thing they use, but they discovered titanium. And oh, buddy, with titanium, you could just dive way on down, and it wouldn't crush you because it's so strong. But even though you're sitting up in there, laying there taking a nap on your rack, eating a meal in that submarine, and it's crushing out there, it's crushing. Man, if anybody was dumb enough to open the door and step outside, it'd just be just like that. You'd be the proverbial greasy spot on the bottom of the sea floor. So it's real simple. Come on, somebody help me out. It's real real simple. Stay in the submarine. Stay inside. And nobody, open a hatch. Nobody opens a door. Don't let that in. Don't let the crushing force of the weight of that water and pressure. It is crushing. It can crush the strongest vessels. But if you're inside there, it could crush the strongest body. It could crush the strongest mind. But inside there, it's like there's no pressure. It's like there is no crushing force. You're inside the safe place. You're inside the protected refuge. You're inside the shelter. Oh, how many believe Jesus is stronger than a titanium submarine? Come on now. How many believe the master and your father? has ability to keep and protect you and surround you and encircle you and guard you more than any structure any man ever come up with. But come on, help me out. But what? But what? You got to stay inside. And don't let the crushing pressure come in to the ends. Keep it out there. It's going to be out there. But don't let it come in. Don't let it come in. In closing, I think, Romans 8. Go to Romans 8. Hey, you won't care if we get stirred up and take off again on something else, will you? It won't hurt you. Romans 8. Oh, man, I like that passage we just read. In 2 Corinthians 4, when we read, troubled but not distressed, perplexed but not in despair, he's describing the spirit of faith. That's what he's talking about in that passage. What does the spirit of faith act like? Feel like? I'm pressed, but I'm not letting it squeeze me. (laughs) I got questions, but I'm not quitting. There's some stuff that's against me, but God's for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) I got hit. But I ain't down and out. I'm not destroyed. Why? 
Oh, there's some pressure. I'm looking at the gauge. Whew. It's 400 pounds per square inch. Outside. (laughs) Outside. (laughs) Outside, but it's 72 degrees in here. And just cozy. Wonderful. So I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to stay in here. Oh, man. There'll be the singing mermaids, the everything else on the outside going, come outside, come outside. Oh, you got to come outside. You got to get outside. You got to get outside. Come on, help me out. What are you saying? I'll pass. I'll pass. Uh-uh. Nope. We need to have enough humility to acknowledge I can't handle outside. I, in my own strength, in my own mentality, in my own emotions, I can't handle that crushing pressure. I must not open up and let it in. It'll overwhelm me. What have I got to do? Stay in the secret place. Of the most high God. Under the shadow. Of the almighty. Romans 8. Are you there? Put it up on the screen. Romans 8. Let's see about. Oh, the, this, this chapter is so full of wonderful things. But let's look at verse 37. Romans 8. 37. Nay. In all these things. We're more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Keep reading. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Keep reading. Nor height, nor what? Depth. Nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The message says absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love. What's he talking about? Nothing can come between me and what's protecting me. It can't get through. The love of God is keeping me. God is love. And if nothing can get between me and him, it can't crush me. It'd have to come through him. As long as I stay in him. And abide in him. But if I get outside of faith. And quit trusting him. I'm in the crush zone. I'm out there where it can get to me. And squeeze me. And overwhelm me. This is happening all around us. But how many believe. Every child of God. Has been given the peace. Jesus said my own peace. Get in me. Stay in me. Don't let it move you. Rest in me. Hallelujah. No matter what happens, just rest and trust. Glory to God. And can you count on him? Will he come through? Will your faith and trust and rest be proven to have been the right thing to do? Will it show up again and again? Hallelujah. You know, the longer I walk with the Lord, the more I learn about this. I just enjoy life better. I just enjoy life better. He had to really get a hold of me in the first days of our ministry. 
I did, ignorant was part of it. Had the privilege of working at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry at his uh, prayer and healing parts of his ministry in the healing school. We had a lot of people that came. And a lot of them were pronounced terminal, incurable. Well, I, and I'm green as can be. And before too long, I found out, I, I, excuse me, I, I, I became one of the leaders there. And I felt the responsibility. And I thought, well, man, these people don't need some newbie practicing on them. I mean, they, they, this guy's told he's got two weeks to live. And this person over here said they should have been dead three days ago. And, and uh, so I felt pressure. Yeah. Know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, and these folks are going to die if they don't have a miracle. And so, man, I did everything I knew to do. And we saw miracles. But then also people didn't receive. And they went home to be with the Lord. Did you know the Bible doesn't say if 40 people come to a service and and they're lost and they give an altar call and one of them comes down to get saved and 39 leave lost. The Bible does not say the angels weep over the 39 that left. They rejoice over the one that did. But I didn't see that then. And so I thought, well, we we need to pray more. We need to fast more. I need to study harder. We need to, you know, maybe if I just had more faith. Maybe if I had more light and revelation. And and this went on for months. And uh, I didn't realize it. But through the course of that, I had lost my joy. It's a subtle thing. Now what's your joy? The joy of the Lord is your strength. You lose your joy, you're going to get weak. And weaker. And finally, one day I'm in the floor praying again, skipping lunch again, pressing, pressing, pressing. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't know if he heard a voice, but inside me very distinctly, he said, Keith, you are not the healer. (laughs) Well, if you'd asked me that that morning, I'd have told you, no, I'm not the healer. I, I know I'm not the healer. And yet, I am taking responsibility I should not be trying to take. And it's pressing me. Come on, can you see this? It's squeezing me. It's pushing on me. He said, son, whether these people live or die, that's not all riding on your shoulders. They had a life before they ever got here. All kind of things have happened and didn't happen. You don't know about and won't know about. You're not responsible for their life. Whether they live, whether they die, whether they're healed, whether they're not, that's way too big for you. You're not the healer. You're not the savior. You're not the need meter. You're not the provider. And see, yet I'm acting like it. What did I do? I let, the devil brought that to me. And I didn't know enough but to let it in. I let it in on me. And it squeezed me. And it pushed me. He said, all you're responsible to do It's what I tell you to do. You seek me. The words I give you. The message I give you. You minister to them. Best you know how. When you lay hands. When you pray. All the faith that you have. And once you've done that. You cast the care of the rest of it. Over on me. And you enjoy your salvation. Oh, come on, can you see this? Man, that was a revelation to me. I mean, it went up and down and it went through me. And I thought, boy, you have been messing up, Keith. You, 
you've been acting way too big for your britches. <laughs> Trying to wear God's britches. Now them some big britches. <laughs> Didn't mean to. Was doing it ignorantly and foolishly. But I, I did. By the grace of God, I got a hold of that and I stopped being upset. I stopped being anxious. I realized there's a lot of things I don't know, a lot of things I'm not going to do. I do what he gives me. I minister it the best I know how, and then I go and blow leaves off the road. That's right. And enjoy my, come on, you understand what I'm talking about? Because if I don't, what's a depressed pastor going to do for you? A weak minister, leader. How's that going to help you? Me worry until I'm sick and being anxious. It's disobeying the Bible. It's ignoring what the Lord told us to do. It's opening the hatch and letting that crushing weight come in and squeeze the life out of you. I'll pass. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Just close your eyes. If something's been bugging you, been mad or upset or worried or hurt or whatever the case might be, it's time to stop that. It's time to cast the care of all that over on Him. Said out loud, I cast all my cares. Anxiety, fear, hurt, frustration, worry about anything and about everything. I throw it off of myself. I resist it in Jesus' name. By faith, I enter in to the secret place, the refuge. I close the hatch and that pressure can't get to me anymore. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.